Lucas Giolito is one of the most polarizing players in your fantasy drafts because he could either win you your league or be the pick you regret the most. We'll tell you why on today's action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source for fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino, here as always with my co-host and my brother, Matthew Ane. Yo, yo. You can find us on all social media platforms. Just search for Locked On Fantasy Baseball, and we'll be there. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and comment, especially on YouTube, because we love to talk fantasy baseball with you. Real quick, though, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So today we're coming back at you with some, you know, yesterday we did batters. Today we're talking about pitchers that Matt and I believe are currently being drafted too high based on ADP. And oh boy, Matt, I, I think I think I gotta take the lead here, brother. Okay. If if you guys have been, you know, fans of ours or you know, been paying attention to anything that Matt and I have talked about over, you know, the last uh year and uh, you know, since um uh we're getting into fantasy uh, you know, season over here, there's somebody that I absolutely hate, and I know hate's a strong word, but uh, this guy burned me in too many leagues last year, and I never had him before last year, and that's Lucas Giolito, starting pitcher for the Chicago White Sox. Oh, boy. I, I don't even know where to begin with this guy, but I guess the best place would to be to read you off his stats from last year. So last year, Lucas Giolito, as a 27-year-old, had 11 wins, 9 losses, a 4.90 ERA. He started 30 games, 161 innings, 177 strikeouts, and he had a putrid 1.43 WHIP. So the thing with Lucas Giolito that I've been, you know, striving to let everybody know is that he was a big, big, heavy spider tack guy. And once they banned the spider tack, you know, he started to go downhill. And then last year, being the first full year without it, uh, absolutely disappointed everybody. His career FIP, once again, FIP is um, fielding independent pitching, kind of an ERA indicator of what their ERA, you know, should be rather than what it is. He has a career 4-2-6 guy. He only had, you know, two years under a 3-4 uh, FIP. And then here's the big thing well, with Lucas Giolito that I want to point out. Um, during the 2019, 2020, and 21 seasons, he was throwing at least 93.9 miles per hour. In 2018, his when the year he was the worst pitcher in baseball, he threw 92.4 miles an hour. And now 2022, he goes back down to 92.6 miles an hour. So this, the velocity is, is, is down almost two miles an hour from his peak. And then also he's not getting a lot of swinging strikes anymore. So his stuff isn't as nasty as it used to be. I'm absolutely fading Lucas Giolito. Um, right now, let me tell you this. He's coming off the board as number 46 starting pitcher. Pick 153 overall. 
there's so many other pitchers in that range that I would rather have. And I just, I have Gilito literally buried in my rankings. And it's just more of the fact that I'm just not taking him at all. Matt, you're going to laugh at where I have him. I have him at 82. I have Lucas Gilito as my 82nd starting pitcher. But that's enough haterade for me. You know, where, where, where's my haterade? I got some water over there, but uh, there's enough haterade for me, Matt. Uh, you know, how do you feel about Gilito? I should have, I should have mailed you the haterade cups. You had the yeah, official. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel the exact opposite about Giolito. I mean, yes, he killed you last year. I was my 51st pitcher. So with his ADP, I still think it's a little high, 46. There's a couple names around there that I probably draft a little bit a little bit higher, a little bit over him, right? So let me just get down to that right quick. So we said 153. Um, yeah, you got Jordan Montgomery. Um, yeah, Joe Brandon Lowe. Yeah, exactly. And those are just like you know, pitchers, I could actually scoop up Brandon Lowe if I like waited on second baseman. I could just scoop him up and be happy. Like it doesn't exactly have to be, it's you know, and there's Mitch Haneker in that area too. So like you got to look at it like how are you building your team and like, you know, where are those spurts where there's really good bats late or really good arms later in the draft? And then you got to see what the, that clump is and what you'd rather have pieces from the earlier before of a higher end pitcher. And then you want to get that bat later because there wasn't ones in that range. You got to play that ADP game. But I do think Giolito is gonna is bound for a bounce back year, and here's the reason why: because you said in 2021 at the end they kind of um, ban the they ban the the spider glue at the end, right? Like probably so, like, right like right after the All Star break, right? Uh, I couldn't tell you an exact date, but, but yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there, there right? Yeah. So here's the funny part about that year: so the first half of the, of 2021, he had a 4.15 ERA, and he had 104 innings pitched. He had 125 strikeouts his ml right but the second half after they banned the 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 spider stuff he had a 265 era he had 74 innings pitched and he had 76 strikeouts now that tells me that he didn't exactly need it i think something was wrong last year i don't know what i i'm not in the guy's head i'm not in the in the dugout with with the team and with him personally but i could say that i think that something else was going on this year I don't think the talent just disappears. He was a high-end pitching prospect that Washington almost botched. White Sox finally got a hold of him and changed it. So I just think that Giolito has a chance. Hence, I don't have him drafted where I was drafting before in the top 10. He's my 51st. So I'm okay with kind of grabbing him. And I hope he falls. I hope I get a guy like you that passes him that he could fall to me. You know, like I'll take him as my – and the best part is, though, you're getting him at pitcher 46. That's, that's your fifth pitcher in some leagues. Like – you can't be mad at that. Like if Giolito is my fifth pitcher, I'll just move on if he's bad. But let's move on because I think we've had enough Giolito discussion here. Um, let's talk about Mr. Kevin Gossman. Uh, Gossman has has had an interesting career. When he was on Baltimore, he was absolute garbage. Like I couldn't even consider him as a good pitcher. Like it just was atrocious to just watch him go. You know, he had one good season in 2014 that was an um, – I'm sorry, that was a 3.57 ERA. After that was a 4.25. Then he was a 3.61. He's been all over the place. And then he was a 4.68. And then a 3.92. Like it wasn't a guy you can count on. He was a waiver wire guy at that point that you'd take him while he was hot. And then when when he was cooling off, you just dropped him. You know, and then again in, in uh, 2018, before he got traded to Atlanta, he had a 4.43 ERA. And then and on Atlanta, he was doing all right. He had a 2.87. Then he gets to Toronto. Struggled a little bit, but then figured it out in 2020. And I think that was the year it kind of kicked him off. He had a 3.62 ERA and a 2.81 ERA. And then last year, 3.5, uh, 
a three three five ERA. And then you know he's always been a he's had a, he's been a strikeout guy for those two last two years two two twenty seven strikeouts in twenty twenty one two oh five last year you know he pitched one hundred ninety two in twenty twenty one pitched one hundred seventy four last year you know the only thing that I really have a serious knock on him is the whip so like the whip is high he's a one two seven guy so like I'm just not a fan of that at SP sixty six no I'm sorry he's number is. Wow, he's 21st overall pitcher. That's 60, what it is. And 66 pick. Like, I'm not good with that. Like, Gossman, I have ranked decent. Don't get me wrong. But I have Gossman as my 35th pitcher. So, like, that's too rich for my blood. Like, there is plenty of guys that we could talk about that are going, you know, pick 66. Like, okay, let's look at that, right? Christian Javier. I'm taking him well before that. Luis Castillo at 60, right? You Darvish at 62, you know, and like I said, I'm even okay with talking about bats. Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, right? Zach Gallen at 69, Eloy Jimenez, you know, Starling Marte, Framel Valdez, like all those names I'm drafting well over Gossman. Not to say Gossman's bad, but just Gossman for that price costs way too much money for me. But, you know, before we have, before we move on and let Dom, you know, get going here, um, we do need to talk about something. And uh, here at Lockdown, we're super excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here now, and it's perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bet, bet back if you if your bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money lines, points scored, and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout at same-game parlay. So don't miss out. And get and uh, download FanDuel now at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on for your no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. Make every moment more with FanDuel, your official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, Dom, I've done enough talking. Why don't you go ahead and take this next guy? I, uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chime in about Gaussman first. And, uh, that was, that was a great read, by the way, brother. That was, that was spot on. Thank I, you. I, I enjoyed that one. So, Actually, you know, the more that Matt and I talk about Gaussman, the more I do like him. But the thing is, once again, it's not that I it's not that it's not that I I, I hate Kevin Gaussman. I hate the price. Uh, once again, at 2021 20, starting pitcher, pick 66 overall. I'm taking Javier, Gallen, Valdez, Musgrove, Glassnow, right. McKenzie, Ray, Cortez, Webb, Gilbert, Wright, Severino, Kershaw, Kirby, right. Snell. All over him, taking all of those guys over him, and you know Matt. Matt read you off the stats. He's been pretty good over the last few years. You know, two hundred strikeouts plus over the last two. Uh, I, I would take him if the price was a little bit better on him. But it's how are you going to take a guy with what did he win last year? Uh, Twelve games and a guy with a, a, a one-two-three WHIP. So out of the four, you know, major pitching categories, he's really only contributing two with ERA and K's and he's hurting you in the wins category and he's hurting you in the whip category. I, I can't I, too rich for my blood. I picked 21 for Gaussman, but once again, I don't hate him. If, if he was going a little lower, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably take him. And I also have Gaussman ranked as my pitcher 39, which I actually see moving up sooner than later, but let's move on. Let's talk about, um, you know, somebody else here, you know, newly traded to the Minnesota twins. That's Pablo Lopez. So the thing with Pablo Lopez is, is he was the best pitcher in baseball pretty much. For like I want to say the first month, maybe first month and a half 
first two and months. And then I believe it was after the yeah, even like probably around the first two months. And the thing was is that he kind of just fell off a cliff. I can't tell you exactly what it was about him that made him fall off said cliff, but man, it was just it was very, very tough, you know, own him through that second half. Let me read off what Pablo Lopez did last year. Pablo Lopez is a 26-year-old last year. He had 10 wins, 10 losses, a 3.75 ERA, 32 starts, 180 innings, 174 Ks, and he finished up with a 1.16 whip. Now, the thing is, Pablo Lopez is coming off the board pitcher, 48, 158 overall, and I think if you know a lot of people that maybe tuned out during the second half last year didn't really see you know how Pablo Lopez finished the year, they kind of like, oh, I remember when you know fantasy baseball started last year. Pablo Lopez was amazing. And, you know, as I said, faded out in the second half. Pablo Lopez is my pitcher 58, so I'm about 10 spots lower than ADP. Once again, it's, it's not that I hate Pablo Lopez. I just like the pitchers that are going in his range a little bit more than I like him. I don't blame you. I mean, I have him a, a lot higher than you do. I have him at 41. Okay. Um, I like Pablo Lopez. My only problem is he's more of a flangy guy. It's funny enough, if you look at his career numbers of how many innings he's pitched, Last year was the most by far because you can usually never stay on the on the field, All right? 2021 at 102 innings, 2020 at 57, but that's a shortened year, so but still. And then 2019, 111, and 2018, 58. The trade is kind of like a, a neutral starting ground. I think they're both bad teams in terms of in terms of being able to get him wins anyway. If anything, there's more upside where he went, but it's still neutral for me. They'll probably win about the same. The only thing I hope is that he can kind of get things under control, keep that ERA down, and get back to a K per nine, if not more. Because, I mean, through his career, he's been, you know, a plus K per nine guy, you know, at least, you know, whenever he pitched, like, 2021, 102 innings, and then 115 strikeouts. Even in 2020, that shortened year, 57 uh, innings pitched, 59 strikeouts, so on and so forth, right? So I think we can get back to that and return to the meme. And then if he can kind of just keep the ERA, I'm kind of okay with the three seven five. But I'd, I'd like to see him at a three five, where I think he'd probably be more, more on that like pace. Where I think that's kind of where he'll be for the rest of his career. I think he's a good pitcher. I just think he can if he stays on the field and he can keep up with the innings and the stamina, he could be really good. You know, I'm not gonna say he's gonna do what he did in the beginning of the season, but let's move on here, Matt. Real quick, can I just chime back in for one second. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. I just wanted uh, to pull up the the end of the season for Pablo Lopez. So from May 24th to October 2nd, 24 games started for him. He went 11 wins, 13 losses, uh, 134 innings pitched, only 126 Ks, a 4.50 ERA and a 4.20 FIP, and it was just very, very bad. Batters hit. Um, Oh no, the batters didn't hit too great. Uh, to hit uh, two fifty off of him, but you know it just was very bad during the second half. But go ahead, my brother. I'm sorry. I just wanted to yeah. chime in, and let people know uh, how bad the second half was. I, I completely hear, it, and I think that's all part of the fatigue again. The, you know, the most innings he's Could ever be. pitched. Yeah, argument. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. I hear that for sure. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk that's about right. somebody that I think is just being overdrafted, not because they're not good, but because I just think it's too early based off of draft strategy, right? And then we're going to talk about Edwin Diaz. Um, Edwin Diaz is the number one closer, which, you know, by far in between that there's no, there's no joke about that, but the 36th overall pick, you're talking the third round. Why are you taking a closer that early? You know, just based off of just draft instinct alone, why aren't you trying to grab, especially this year of all years, three bats or at least two bats and then a starting pitcher. Like, I just can't comprehend it unless your league permits, you know, like 50 points for saves. I don't understand why. Like, it just makes no sense to me. Closers are good for two things, saves and 
keeping your ERA down and, and your whip. So three things. Other than that, they're very rarely going to get you wins. And the only good thing about Edwin Diaz is he's pretty much drafting like Trey Turner. He'll win you the category by himself, but he's not worth a third round pick. You tell me you want to grab him in like, you know, the fifties range, the sixties range. I'm okay with that. Like that's good, but you're going to tell me 36 overall. Like, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you've been hitting the, 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 the crack pipe. I can't help you there. Yeah, I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I agree with everything Matt just said. The only reason you should really be ever taking a closer to the highs is if it's a draft and hold, right, or a league like that where you just literally draft your team and then you cannot pick anybody up during the season. I know there's a lot of leagues like that on fan tracks and, you know, those big competitive big money leagues. Okay, yeah, sure, then get your, your stud closer early. But there's literally no reason to do that uh, in the third round. Get yourself a bat, especially in a year where bats are so, so thin, like they thin out super quick. You don't want to do that. But let's move on. Let's talk about our next guy here. Uh, I kind of look at him in like the, the whatchamacallit, the Lucas Giolito type of thing where I just think they're completely washed and overrated, and that's Jose Barrios. Uh, just bury this guy. He's, you know, I feel like he's been overrated for a long time now. He he, re, he His best ERA ever is a 3-5-2, you know, and that's just – that's still kind of like – it's good, but it's not – amazing right so why why do we ever really consider this guy an ace i just i i don't see it i didn't see it coming into last year i don't see it this year and once again last year jose barrios has a 28 year old 12 wins seven losses a 5-2-3 era 32 starts 172 innings only 149 k's and a 141 uh whip now if you go look at that 2021 like i said that three five two ERA and the, you know, 192 innings, 204 Ks and the 106 whip looks like an outlier. You know, everyone, you know, almost everyone in their baseball career, you play long enough, you'll have an outlier year, whether it's good or bad. And it just stands out to me as like, oh, okay. So this guy had one really good year and then the rest of his career has kind of been trash. I have, um, well, Jose Barrios coming off the board as 63 overall pitcher, 219. And I still think that's too high. I, I just have Jose Barrios literally buried. I have him at like around 100, to be honest with you. He's just somebody I'm not looking at at all in fantasy drafts this year. I completely get it. I have him at 99. Um, I think. I, I legit hate Jose Barrios. You know what he reminds me of? Like Chris, Chris Archer on his way out. Like, oh, yeah. That's a good comp. Good comp. Like a million in one case, even though last year he didn't do it. Um, he had 149 Ks with 172 innings, so even that's going down. So the only reason you'd even draft him would be for the Ks, and that wasn't there. So, like, you know, I guess it was kind of promising last year, the 2021, when he got traded to Toronto, which is a really good team. Everybody expected a lot from him. That, hey, the wins are going to be there. He's going to take the step forward. He's going to be this ridiculous guy. Because that year he had 204 strikeouts and a, a 3-5-2, which is the outlier year, right? Like, I could see why everybody drafted him so high last year, but you know, I think now we kind of take a step back and we go, okay, this kid is pretty much done. He's pretty much going to be a high, high three, like a, like a three, nine, two to four, two. And, you know, we're just going to get a million Ks and that's Chris Archer in a nutshell, but let's move on here. And um, Dom, I think you got somebody to talk about. Oh yeah. Let's talk. Uh, you know, guys, once again, I'm not going to keep it short and sweet here. We're talking about Emmanuel class. A Emmanuel class. A very well no what are talking about our friend i apologize i apologize here let's uh let me let me let you guys know if you guys are you know new around here uh we have a a colleague who's been on our show before that's Lindsay crosby right 
the guy hosts Locked On MLB Prospects, and he is an encyclopedia of knowledge. The guy is absolutely outstanding. Go check out his podcast. Go back and check out our top one through ten prospects. Uh, he was on that episode, and he did a great job of you know talking about all of the prospects that are going to be fantasy relevant this year. So once again, that's Lindsey Crosby. He is the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Please, please, please go check out uh, his show. It's absolutely fantastic. But with that being said, let's move on. I, you know, I gave a little tease. Let's talk about Emmanuel Class A. And this is kind of just, you know, once again, keeping it super short. Go back and listen to the Edwin Diaz part. Pretty much the same applies to Emmanuel Class A. He had, he had a monster year last year. He could be the best closer in all of baseball. But why is he coming off the board at pick 38? I, I Once again, if it's a draft and hold league, sure, I get it. Understood. You know, you want to get that safe closer early on. But I just, in a redraft league or any other type of league, I just don't think it's worth it to take a closer that high. And that's why we just wanted to point out, you know, the top two closers are going way too high right now. Amen to that. I think we're done there. Um, Let's move on to Mr. Chris Bassett. He's somebody I just don't like this year. Um, You know, he had a good year last year. He had a 3-4-2 ERA. He pitched 181 innings. He had 167 strikeouts. He had a 1-1-4 whip. And he won 15 games. Hey, great. He's on the Mets. You know, like I can't, you can't get mad at those numbers, but they're not, they're not a K per nine. You know, they're not, you know, blowing you out the park. I don't think he's the pitcher he was when he was on Oakland. And, you know, I think we're starting to see that now. And I'm, I think we're going to start seeing that break down a little bit longer, you know, and I know he's not the, the, the slowest guy to throw a pitch, but if you ever watch him, you know, there is better pitchers that are, I think are just going to adjust because they're just we're talking Hall of Famers, the guys that are slower than him or guys that are damn well close to being. But watching him play, because I watched a lot of Phillies this year, very slow to throw the pitch. And I think the pitching clock's going to throw him off with timing. It's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall asleep watching this guy pitch. And, you know, I just think that it may hurt him. It's not going to completely bury him, but can throw him off. He may get frustrated. He may get blown up more games, but that could be a, this, the story for any pitcher this year that wants to take their time and they're used to it and they don't want the balk. So, you know, I say, just watch out for him, but there's upside to him too. You know, he's, he's gonna, he's on the Mets. He's in a pitcher park and it's great, but the 37th SP, I'm sorry. Like, you know, again, you're hitting the crack pipe. You know, it's just, it's insane for that. Like, where do I have him ranked right now? Chris Bassett, I have his pitcher 60. Like, if you're going down to, like, guys that are around, I'm sorry, pitcher 37 or pick 30, um, pick 125, right? Like, that's where he's going overall. So, in that range, right, right before him, Chris Bryant. After him, you got, am I reading that right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um. Oh, I'm looking right at him. You got Chris Bryant. You got Bryce Harper, Anthony Rizzo, Nick Lodolo, who's also on this, who I think is going a little higher, but I pick him over uh, Chris Bassett. Um, CJ Crone, Tony Gonsolin, for God's sakes. That's my boy. Nick Castiano, Taylor Ward, Max Muncy, Lance Lynn, Jesus Lazardo, Clay Holmes. Like, that's, you know, like, those are guys that I'd seriously take over him. Like, exclude, exclude Lodolo, because we're going to talk about him in a minute, in a little bit. But, you know, Again, I was just talking about where there's bunches of guys that I'd rather draft that based off of my team construction and where there's a bunch of bats I'd rather grab, especially outfielders that I just named versus drafting Chris Bassett, especially as your 38th pitcher off the board. That's just mind blowing. Like, I'm sorry, I'd draft a whole bunch of guys over him. 
Yeah, um, I'm in sync with you as far as the fact that he's being overdrafted as far as starting pitchers go. There's like I have Chris Bassett as my pitcher, 53. But here's the thing. Chris Bassett, if I can get him as like my sixth starting pitcher, I think that's the perfect spot to get him. So if he starts to fall, you know, and like I know there's a lot of people like, you know, like Matt and other others that maybe aren't as high as him because, you know, starting pitching pool is so deep this year. But if I can get him as my SP6, I think that's perfect. I just want to do a little re- recap. I want to bring some good, you know, goodness to Chris Bassett because he's a very good pitcher. So from 2018 through last year, 2022, Chris Bassett pitched uh, 107 games. Like he came out of the bullpen for some of those because it's only 100 starts. But look at this record: 44 and 23 win loss record. And that's when he played for Oakland, including you know a few years in Oakland when he you know played on that that bad team. But 100, oh sorry, 593 innings over that time. 563 strikeouts, not a K per nine, but uh, no close enough, and a 114 whip. So, you know, very stellar numbers. Win loss record's great. He's going to help you there. He's going to help you in ERA. He's going to help you in whip. The K is a little bit low. So, once again, if you're going to take him as, you know, your sixth starting pitcher or, you know, maybe even fifth, uh, you want to make sure you have some nice K guys before that. If you don't have nice K guys, like if you want like Julio Arias or, you know, guys like that that aren't necessarily a K per nine guy, you might not want to take him. But if you stacked up on those K per nine guys, take Chris Bassett. But let's move on. Matt, uh, why don't uh, uh, you know, I'll talk about Hunter Green and then we'll maybe then we'll go to your boy. I'll let you take the lead on him. Thank so you. Hunter Green, here's here's the thing with Hunter Green is I might not be on board as far as that he's being overdrafted and it's starting pitcher 37 pick 120 overall but uh, i'm like right there where do i have um hunter green i have hunter green as my 45th starting pitcher and i think that's gonna move up during spring training the guy throws 100 miles an hour and he's got some nasty breaking stuff as well you know i know the numbers overall last year for hunter green weren't great you know five wins 13 losses uh four 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 era 24 starts 125 innings, 164 Ks, and a 121 uh, whip. But don't forget, Hunter Green's only you know 22 years old. Uh, high high draft pick, a high high you know um very high uh, highly regarded prospect when he was first on his way up. But I just want to point out what Hunter Green did at the end of last year, right? So during his last, hold on, bear with me one second. I believe it was his last. His last eight starts, so from July 9th to October 3rd for Hunter Green, he went 46 innings, 66 strikeouts, 175 ERA, and that um, that whip, 09, 0-9-0. So, uh, and, and batters hit 185 against Hunter Green. So, I think the sky is the limit for this kid. I think he's going to be... Uh, an ace very, very soon. The only thing really holding him back is he's not going to win a lot of games in Cincinnati. I think he can literally help you in every other pitching category, once again, besides saves and wins. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to knock the guy. Like, he's, he, I have him ranked pretty, you know, nicely as well. I have him as my 43 pitcher. So I'm not, oh, far, off. I'm not far off for where he's going. But the problem is, is this, and it's not because of, you know, ADP of like, oh my God, he's being drafted as the 30th starting pitcher. It's that bunch. It's that same bunch I just rattled off. Guys going after him are like, you know, again, John Carlos Stanton, Chris Bryant, Harper, Rizzo, Crone, Castellanos, and Gonsolin. And like, those are guys that I would draft over Hunter Green, where because it, it's that nice bunch of guys. And I only named one pitcher. Those bats are, I think, are a little bit more value in that spot. 
You know, like it, we always get those clusters of guys that are like, oh, shoot, I probably should have drafted a pitcher there because it was a better name before. And I could have grabbed this bat and filled later. So it's just a matter of how the how the draft is falling to you and how your team looks. If you if you want to draft them, I don't blame you. But I just feel that cluster is a little bit better for bats. But fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up real quick because it's literally the same argument for Nick Lodolo, right? I, ju- I mentioned his name when we were talking about Bassett. It's the name, and I have I have Lodolo, Lodolo rated higher than Bassett, so that was the only reason why I said it. But again, I just wouldn't grab him in that area because of the names I just named. I think Nadolo is going to be great. Lodolo, not Nadolo, sorry. Um, I think Lodolo is going to be great. I think he's going to be an outright stud just as much as Undergreen. They both have the upside up to Wazoo, and it's going to be the cheapest you're going to get them. But am I willing to pass on the bats at that time, especially with outfield being so bad this year? That's really just where I'm at. But that's my argument. Yeah, I mean, Nick Lodolo is is good, but I don't think he has the upside of a Hunter Green. You know, once right. again, Hunter Green's just a, is just a freak. He's honestly. I didn't say I was going to draft him over. Oh Hunter no, Green. no, no, no! I I I hear you. I hear you, and I know you said that you have a Hunter Green ranked a little higher too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just once again, I, let me let, let me. I'm just I'm like literally daydreaming about Hunter Green right now. So I need to I need to get that out of my head and focus on Lodolo here. I have Lodolo as my uh, 51 starting pitcher. He has a huge amount of upside. He was very very good in the minors. He was a very high end pitching prospect as well. His you know highest ERA ever in the minors was a 2.84, but that was only in like 12 innings. Actually, he doesn't he hasn't pitched as much in the minors as I thought. So it, it might be an innings concern here too with um, Nick Lodolo. Maybe he only gets like 130, 140 because the 103 last year was the most he's ever pitched in competitive baseball probably since college. He only threw 50 innings in 2021. He threw. 12 in the minors last year, and he only threw 18 in the minors for 2019. So I think that's, you know, part of the reason I want to fade him. The whip was a little bit high last year at a one, two, four, but he has the case per nine. He has a pretty solid ERA, you know, same argument, I guess, goes against Hunter Green. They have to pitch in Cincinnati, which is they're probably not going to win a lot of games in that ballpark and get, you know, very home run friendly at times. So I think that's another reason, you know, what Hunter, um, you know, Nick Lodolo at pitcher 39. That's actually funny. We, we had the 37, 38 and 39 starting pitcher by ADP on here. So, um, you know, Nick Lodolo at pick 39 starting pitcher. 129 overall is, is a little bit rich is a little bit rich but guys with that being said you know that's all for today please be sure to like subscribe comment rate and review check out our website if you haven't already done that matt and i have all of our rankings on there. It's a little bit about us that you can have access to all of our episodes on there and you know once again thank you for making us your first listen each and every day and after you listen to us, you got to tune in for your second listen with, once again, Lindsey Crosby, the host of Locked on MLB Prospects. Guys, an encyclopedia of knowledge. We had him on our top one through ten prospect episode. Go check that out. And it was it was a fantastic episode. We had a great time. We will be back tomorrow with another action-packed episode. But until then, guys. Peace.